mindfulness, reflections on the Psalms, creation, and the human experience. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, there's only 101 days left till Thanksgiving. 101 days left to the turkey and stuffing and cranberries and pumpkin pie. Did you know that Thanksgiving is good for your health? Not the overeating and pumpkin pie part, the giving thanks part. Recent research indicates that people who express gratitude improve their health. <laughs> An example would be a study that came from Dr. Paul Mills, the professor of family medicine at UC San Diego. In a study with his patients, he found that those who, who kept a gratitude journal who wrote two or three things they were grateful for every day down in that journal, that they had less inf inflammation and a more consistent heart rhythm than his patients who did not keep a journal. Now, other studies have found that folks who have an attitude of gratitude have a better immune system, lower blood pressure, sleep better, clearer focus, less likelihood for anger or bitterness, better self-esteem, and maybe best of all, they're just happier people. Who knew that giving thanks was so good for our health? Well, I suppose God knew that. And Researchers, they're simply learning to talk about things that folks have known for thousands of years. I mean, the importance of gratitude, this is a biblical principle. It's written all over the pages of the Bible, the importance of giving thanks to God. In Colossians chapter 3, St. Paul gives a list of the attributes of a Christian life. Compassion, kindness, humility, patience. Meekness, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, loving each other, letting peace rule. And he ends the list with, and be thankful. The Psalms talk about giving thanks to God all the time. Psalm 7, Psalm 95, Psalm 100, Psalm 107, Psalm 118, Psalm 136, just to name a few of our Thanksgiving Psalms. Not only does the Bible talk to us about how important it is that we express thanks, it also talks to us about the consequences of being ungrateful, of not expressing thanks. Maybe the best story of, of being ungrateful that we have in the Bible is the story of the Hebrew people after they have been brought out of slavery in Egypt. Remember? God heard their cries as slaves in Egypt. And God called forth Moses, who led the people out of slavery into freedom toward the promised land. 
And what was the people's response for this miraculous salvation that God had brought to them? Thanksgiving? Well, a couple people gave thanks. But mostly it was grumbling and complaining. They grumbled and complained, and they grumbled and they complained. And the consequence of their grumbling and complaining was that they did not enter the promised land. People who grumble and complain a lot miss out on blessings God intends for their lives. Let me say this again because this is really important. People who grumble and complain a lot miss out on blessings God intends for them in their lives. Romans chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means a lot of things, including what you fill your mind with is what you become. And if you fill your mind with grumbling and complaining, you're going to find lots more reasons to grumble and complain. If you fill your mind with thoughts like, my life just ain't that good, then guess what? Your life ain't going to be that good. And if you fill your life with gratitude, you're going to be healthier and you're going to be happier. So, Given that thanksgiving is good for us, good for our health, how do we foster a, a greater sense of gratitude within us? I mean, it's not like we can just say, okay, now I'm more thankful. So how do we foster that sense of gratitude that it wells up more and more from within us? Let me give you four ideas, things that can be helpful in fostering a sense of gratitude. The first one is to keep a gratitude journal. When you get up in the morning, write down five things you're thankful for. That's simple. Doesn't take long. Write down five things you're thankful for. So this morning, when I got up, thankful for a good night's rest. So I was ready for what the day would bring. It's thankful that I didn't forget my sermon overnight. <laughs> right? Thankful that I was going to be able to come and spend time with all of you. Thankful that Andrew and Allie got into their house yesterday. Thankful for the providence of God. I had a roof over my head when that wind started blowing last night. Right? Five simple things. Okay, Write them down in your journal. A second idea. This one's really important. Find opportunities throughout the day to tell people thank you. Find opportunities throughout the day to tell people Thank you. Gratitude that is not expressed is gratitude that is not fulfilled. Here's what I mean. Remember the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers? After he heals the ten lepers, one comes back to say thank you to him. And Jesus says to that one, where are the other nine? Haven't they come back to say thanks? And the story doesn't tell us why they didn't come back and say thank you to Jesus. I mean, I'm sure they were happy about the healing. They maybe just forgot to go back and say thanks. But whatever their reason, Jesus then goes on and he blesses the one person who returned. Those who did not give thanks missed out on a blessing Jesus wanted to give them. And the one who did return received this greater blessing. 
Gratitude that is unexpressed is gratitude that is unfulfilled. So find opportunities to, to say thank you to people. I mean, people do little things for us all the time. Maybe set a goal. Today, I'm going to tell five people thank you. Third idea. Find a gratitude partner. Somebody with whom you will share your gratitude. So, I'll pick on Tom back over here. If Tom's going to be my partner, okay, then I'm going to meet with Tom once during the week, or I'm going to call him once during the week, and during our conversation, doesn't even have to take real long, but during our conversation, I'm going to tell Tom some things that I'm thankful for. He might very well even tell me things he's thankful for. Simple idea, but it's a way of learning to express the things that we're grateful for. Fourth idea is to begin a discipline of thanksgiving. To pray. To thank God. If you're keeping a gratitude journal, pray the things that are in the journal. Thank you, God, that I got a good night's rest and that I remembered my sermon this morning. I mean, pray those things that are in the journal. If you don't keep the journal, well, you can still pray. You can still tell God, thank you. Every morning, at least five things you're thankful for. I'm going to come back to this one in just a moment. But now, when we do these sorts of things, my experience has been, the more we kind of practice being grateful, the more we begin to recognize reasons we have to be grateful, and the more we begin to recognize the presence of God who's at work, which gives us more reason to give thanks. So here's my challenge to you, to everyone. Work on fostering a greater sense of gratitude. I mean, if everybody in our church worked on fostering a greater sense of gratitude, we might very well end up being the happiest and the healthiest church in all of Las Vegas. Amen? Amen. Let's turn our attention to Scripture. Let's begin our journey towards health by listening to some words of thanksgiving. Our reading this morning is from Psalm 139, verses 1 to 14. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with me all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your words, that I know very well. From Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Andy. On July 1st, I started this series of sermons by sharing with you three of my happy places. One of them is with my family. And one of them is here with all of you. And one of them is out in nature, especially up at our property bordering Zion National Park. I also ask you to think about your happy places. Where are those places where you feel happy and close to God? And for you, maybe the answers are, are similar. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's being in church. Maybe it's in nature. Maybe it's somewhere else. Today, I want you to think about a little different question. Where's God's happy place? Where's God's happy place? It might be a little presumptuous on our part to even explore that question. But I think of John, the Gospel of John, the third chapter, the 16th verse, where we hear, for God so loved the world. And it makes me think, maybe one of God's happy places is here, with you and with, with me. Romans chapter 1 Verse 20 tells us that ever since the beginning of creation, we have been able to see something of the nature and the power of God. We can see it, Romans tells us, in what God has created. So we can take a look around us. We can take a look at nature, the world around us, and in so doing, we can see something of the nature and the power of God. Which means we can take a look at nature around us, what God has created, and ask, what does this tell me about the nature and the power of God? Let's try it for a minute. Here's a, here's a photo right here. I showed this one to you a couple of weeks ago. This is Observation Point overlooking all of Zion National Park. It's a four-mile hike from our property to this point. And looking over into the canyon, what does that tell me about the nature and power of God? It's a stunning and beautiful place. God's nature is certainly beautiful. And up there, the world feels a bit timeless. And God is timeless. Back in 1996, Jerry and I took our kids on a trip all the way across the United States toward Grandma Ann Island in the Bay of Fundy, where all of her people are from, so we went to visit her relatives. Along the way, we stopped at Niagara Falls. So looking over Niagara Falls, what does this tell us about the nature and power of God? Well, as I think about it, remembering being in that place and overcome by the sheer volume and force of the water, I think to myself, and God could speak such power into being. God could speak such power into being. So great is our God. 
Five years ago, Jerry and I took a, a little trip up central coast of California for our 35th wedding anniversary. And along that journey, there are some places that are just so beautiful and peaceful. Here's the next slide right here. One of those spots that we stopped and hiked down to. It's just so peaceful of a place. Makes me remember, God is a God of peace. Back to our land. Some pictures of some trees. One of the things that we love about our property are the tall ponderosa pines. They're just so majestic. God is majestic. One more slide. There are moments that we encounter that just feel sacred. They just feel sacred. And in those moments, we realize just how sacred God is. We can take a look at nature, creation itself, and we can see something of the very nature and the power of Almighty God. But we don't just see something of the nature and power of God in the mountains and the waterfalls and the trees because God also created you and me, created us in God's own image. And so we can see something of the nature of God in each other. After all, we're created in the image of God. We can see something of the nature of God in each other. And we can see something of the nature of God with how it is that we relate to one another when we are at our best. Here's a picture from a long time ago. Photography wasn't what it is today back then. Forty years ago, that was Jerry giving me a bite of our wedding cake. But I see this, I can't help but think of, of love. And our God is love. And love comes to us from God. Last week, I showed you a picture of baby Truman, Andrew and Allie's second child, our 14th grandchild. I want to show you a picture of Andrew now when he was little. Okay. The love a mother has for a child tells us something of the nature of God. The love a mother has for a child tells us something of the nature of God. So too does family life. Family life. And we got a big family. Here's a picture of some of our family gathered on this last Easter Sunday. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, we're told uh, to, to go, for, go forth uh, and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. So we took it literally. We're doing a pretty good job of it. Part of the family gathered there. But I look at this and I think, you know what? God is a God of unity and a God of community. You see, creation itself helps us to understand something of the nature and the power of God. And not just the nature and power of God, but also we can experience something of the very presence of God. Remember Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, says, Lo, I am with you always until the end of time. Psalm 139, the psalmist asked, Where can I flee from you, God? Can I make my bed in the depths of Sheol even there? You are present. There is no place that we can be that is separate from the very presence of God, which means 
Every moment is alive with the possibility of us experiencing something of the presence of God. Every moment, even this moment, is alive with the possibility of us experiencing the very presence of Almighty God. How does that make you feel? You feel like a beloved child of God? Beautiful to behold? Well, I don't know if you're like me, but for me, knowing that the Lord is going to be with me and experiencing the Lord's presence are two different things. I mean, I can know up here the promise of God to be with me always, but that doesn't mean that as I'm going about living my life, I'm always experiencing that presence with me. I mean, sometimes my life is busy, really busy, and I can run from one thing to another to another, and where is God then? And sometimes we encounter people that we get angry at. Where is God then? And sometimes we're sick, and sometimes we're tired, and sometimes we're tired of being sick, and where is God then? And sometimes we experience people perpetrating violence and innocent people getting hurt, and where is God then? And don't get me wrong. The Lord promised that he would be with us always, and the Lord keeps his promises. He is present with us. But often we're not aware of that presence. Psalm 100 tells us that we enter into God's presence with thanksgiving. We enter into God's presence with thanksgiving. So as we give thanks to God, we find ourselves being ushered into the very presence of God. As we give thanks to God for the mountains and the waterfalls and the trees, for the gift of love and of family, but not just then. Also, when we find reason to give thanks to God in the midst of the busyness of our days, when we find reason to give thanks to God when we're ticked off or annoyed by another person, when we find reason to give thanks to God when we're sick, tired, tired of being sick, even when we find reason to give thanks to God in the midst of a broken world with all of its violence. As we give thanks to God, we are ushered into the presence of God. We begin to experience something more of God's presence. Gratitude opens us up to experience that presence that has been promised to us. It's that simple. Gratitude opens us up to experience the presence of God and that fulfillment of that promise that God would be with us always. And every moment is alive with that possibility. Even this moment is alive with that possibility that we could experience something of the presence of God. And this, I know, because this moment is alive with possibility that we could experience the presence of God, there are countless reasons why we could give thanks to God. Right now, countless reasons why we could give thanks to God. I mean, I'm grateful for the love that you have shown my family. I'm grateful for the ways that I see God at work in your life. 
I'm grateful for the friendships that I have here in those, this church. And for those of you who are new, I'm grateful for the friendships that are going to unfold in the days and weeks and months to come. I'm grateful for the ways that God's at work in my life, how God has been growing me up in my faith. I'm grateful for the Bible. I'm grateful for the Psalms. I'm grateful for the gift of prayer. I mean, there's countless reasons to be grateful. How about you? Are you grateful for anything right now? It's a heart filled with gratitude that opens us up to recognize the very presence of God in our midst. So let's take a moment to give thanks to God right now, okay? Whether you want to shout it out loud, whether you want to whisper it, I don't care. On the count of three, tell me what you're thankful for. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to practice a discipline of thanksgiving. Simple practice. When you get up in the morning, give thanks to God for at least five things. If you're keeping a prayer journal or a, thanks, a gratitude journal, you can pray the things that you write down, but give thanks to God for them. Include in that list some opportunity that you're anticipating over the course of the upcoming day. And that's the first half of this discipline of thanksgiving. In the morning, five things at least that you're thankful for. The second half of the discipline, as the day draws to an end, take a couple of minutes. That's all it takes, a couple of minutes to think back over the day, to give thanks to God for the people you encountered for the opportunities that you had, and for those moments where you experienced the presence of God. Give thanks. The more we practice the discipline of thanksgiving, the more we, be, we, will, be, we will come to recognize the very presence of God with us throughout our day, the more reason we will find to be thankful. And that's all I got to say. So I end with, thank you, God. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we prepare for...